0: Welcome to Empowered Thinking at Play. I'm Kim Nelson, writer, meditation teacher, confidence coach, and someone with a very curious mind. I'm here talking to guests and exploring what makes them feel empowered, how they've created a stronger mindset, and their interpretation of what empowerment really is. My guest is Bernard Moorman. He's a former professional footballer turned leadership mentor, helping people to realise their inner potential. I contacted Bernard after watching his TEDx talk, where he talked about being the hero of your game and finding your own values, passions and talents. And I thought he would be a great person to interview for this podcast on empowerment. And I was right. In the 1980s, he became a professional football player until a knee injury forced him into early retirement. And then in the early 1990s, he started an international cycling development centre, bringing young riders from all over the world and supporting their aspirations towards turning professional. And in particular, helping them to address their fears of failure, their setbacks, being resilient and the feelings of loneliness when far from home. It was truly inspiring to talk to Bernard, and we talked about many things, such as having a mindset of what can I do better, how passion is pain, once you reach your highest level, you can get through the pain zone, how he helps people find their power and use their power, his tips on how to be full of energy, embracing the uncomfortable zone to keep improving, not being afraid of change, How perseverance is the key to reaching the top? His favourite TED Talk speakers, he watches two talks every day. And questions to ask yourself to find your talent. And lastly, why cyclists drink a lot of coffee. Enjoy. How are you feeling after your TEDx talk?
1: It was exactly uh, in the direction I wanted it to be. So people were, I think you included, were uh, mentioning um, uh, the story, and also that my storytelling was uh, good. And that is exactly what I want to do most. I want to be a public, a a motivational public speaker with, uh, and and I think the best way to get your point across is, is bringing stories uh, I think that is uh, understandable for everybody, or at least for more people than if you just bring something technical. So yeah, I am I am very happy.
0: Great. And what do you think is a secret of being a good storyteller? If there is a secret, I guess there is actually.
1: Uh, well, uh, the more authentic the story can be. Uh, well, first of all, it, stories are recognized by people. There's other people that uh, have have gone through experiences like the ones I went through or Dan or, or whatever story. So it needs to be recognizable and then try to bring it as authentic as you are. Oh.
0: Yeah, I think also you bring a warmth to a story mm-hmm. as well. And I noticed on, um, I mean, it must've been quite difficult to be speaking you know it was a a TEDx talk and it was virtual yeah and there must have been (laughs) it must have been quite strange to just look at a camera the whole time and not have interaction from people
1: oh you're you're so right I and to be honest you're so right Uh, to me I when I do a public speaking and I, I am in straight contact with the people I can see eye to eye I I sense much more uh, the energy people have, so slowing down or or speeding up is uh, better even. For us, you look at at a red light or when you're doing it from your computer, you look towards a, a green light, so to speak, and you need to train yourself to look through that light and see an audience, but the audience just does what you hope they will do, Where when you have a live audience, you, you can see if they, don't, if they don't grasp it right away, you might rephrase it or you might give them a little time to swallow, which is not the case here. So, but hey, it's, a, it's an exercise. I mean, it's, uh, I shouldn't be, I, I am not at all complaining. It's, it's just a great experience.
0: Definitely. Did you find yourself criticizing yourself when you watched it back?
1: Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. But you, the thing is um, I am a, an ex pro sporter and uh, criticizing myself does not mean that I am talking myself down. You know, it's, you, 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 can only win by improving. That's something I learned when I was 13 years old from then on. So I always want to do it better the next time. It needs to be better the next time. So that's how you look at it. You look at it like, what can I do better? You never say like, how, how much did I suck? You just say like, what can be done better? And also you try to find out why did you do it the way you did it? So maybe you need to change some circumstances or, and then you train. <laughs> and that has been my life, all my life. So to me, that is, that, that is a no-brainer. But yeah, you you see things where you say like, oh, we don't do that again. We do it differently. So, but
0: yeah, that's a great mindset to have. How can I do this better? I am. I actually spoke to a former professional cyclist okay. for my podcast. Okay. And I was amazed how much this guy put his body through yeah. <laughs> with cycling. Yeah. And emotionally and physically completely battered. Yeah. But still coming back for more. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think it must be one of the hardest sports to carry on because of all the injuries. But also mentally there must be you do you work on them mentally to get them yeah. to to come get back up again?
1: Well, actually I, I- I did more mental work than physical work with the guys because i had doctors uh designing the train the physical training programs and then i had uh, ex-cyclists talking about tactics more and for me it was more about the mentality the mental thing and you're right when you say it is physically and mentally an exhausting sport and physically more than other sports because, you know, some of those guys cross the finish line more dead than alive. Uh, And uh, their, their body is totally exhausted. But I think if you would talk to like a professional gymnast, uh, those people will bring the same kind of stories. I think if you really want to reach the top, then obviously it is in your talent zone, you become very competent. But then also there is there is something that awakens a passion for what you're doing. And if you think about the word passion, passion is pain. So I always say to the, the people, I mean, it's only when you are kind of okay with going through the pain zone, that you can reach the highest level. and. Just think about a film actor that needs to gain 15 kilos to play a certain role. I mean, that's not easy. That's painful. But for those people, they are so passionate about what they're doing that not that they like it, but they're okay. It comes with what they want to do. And that's with a sportsman the same or or with a business. Whatever you want to reach, there will be things you don't like doing. But since you are passionate about it, you will do them. And, mm. and and there, we, as a coach, you need to protect those guys because you don't want them to go that far that they really hurt themselves physically, mentally, you know. And that's also when I, when people ask me, like, how do you distinguish a good talent from a, a lesser talent? then i said with the real talented people you need to hold the horses and with all the others a lot of times you need to motivate them you know and once you really need to uh, motivate them to get them going again then i'm not sure they're gonna reach the top it's those people that like in cycling where you said you need to say like tomorrow i will hide your bike because you need to rest (laughs) because they have a certain (laughs) guilt feeling or there's all kinds of things and and that's the the task of the coach when you really uh, are concerned about your athlete where at some moments the person is going too far and then you need to hold the horses there's not as much people in the mountains because walking demands a lot more effort and you know Do you understand what I'm saying? That means the more effort you do, the more, I'm not saying lonely you are, but the fewer people are around you. And that's another thing you need to learn when you are a top sporter or as as a young person, you want to grow your business. One of the things that you will see when you really start to accelerate, you don't have too many people around you anymore because they can't, keep up with the speed and with the hardness of the consequences of of that speed, of that acceleration. And that's what we all go into now with the coronavirus. You see that we, you know, from 200,000 years ago, we had an instinct to be safe. And we, for sure now, we have like a, a platform on top of that, of a comfort zone. So in the beginning, the safe zone and the comfort zone were the same. And and as soon as it is comfortable, we don't check out the environment anymore because it is comfortable. But the safe zone is changing, is moving. So the comfort zone that most of the people are in is not identical on the safe zone anymore. And that's where it gets dangerous for a lot of people and uncomfortable. And when you are a person that really tried to build your life, you you are always on the edge of the comfort zone. So there is always a little bit of discomfort. So those people are kind of used to move with the new safety zone. And they scan the new safety zone as well. And most of the people here in Western Europe, for sure, I always call it with the title of one of the Pink Floyd songs, we're comfortably numb. You know, we 95% of what most of the people do is automatic pilot. If you ask them why, what? they look at you like, what? Why? Because we do it already so long. Well, that's being comfortably numb.
0: Yeah, good point. Do you think because you come from a sporting background that you are so used to being in the uncomfort yeah. zone um, that it becomes a bit easier for you to, to, to take risks and to be sort of actively outside the comfort uh, zone?
1: I, I don't know if you can put the word easy on it, but it becomes your natural habitat.
0: easier (laughs) yeah okay you
1: know what i mean i don't think it's easy yeah but you don't think about it anymore you you because you always train for your future and if you just do things that are comfortable then the only thing you know is that you're going to be tomorrow who you are today but since today you're not the winner as you want to be you got to do more or different or, you know what I mean? So something needs to change. Meaning for me, change is in my life as much as I drink water and I breathe air since my 12, 13 years old. So to, for me, I need to be uh, careful when I coach people that I do not take it too much for granted because I was privileged that I did sports so early on. And on a high competitive level. And also that I had a mindset that in my, for me, I have always said, it's not because you don't tell me that I will not know. You know, it's so, you, you, in sports, in, in anything, you know, you, 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 you steal ideas, you steal what you see, but then you make it as, workable for yourself as possible so you you need to give it your own swing in order to survive first and then well yeah then to get better and that becomes when you do that as a kid I learned that by playing you know and there's another thing uh you learn it by playing but the two most important things in your life at that moment you don't need to care about which is food on the table and a roof above your head, you know, and that was was delivered by my parents. So, but imagine you you get married, you start a little family, and then the very first time you come in such a challenging situation, and you have never trained yourself for it, even without knowing, then I think it's, it's much harder. So for me, the unexpected, the jealousy, the the unfairness, I deal with that from when I was 13. When I started playing soccer, in the very first week, the, the, the youth coach asked us why we were there. And obviously, you know, you're a 13-year-old kid, and you, you well, we want to become pro. And then that coach uh, said to some guys, well, yeah, I think you can get there and you can get there and to me together with two other guys they said like well it's great that you're here and see how far you can go but just forget forget dreaming being a professional soccer player you know and for those other two one went home crying and didn't even show up the next training day uh and to me it was like well that's what you say we will see
0: Yeah. How do you help people who maybe don't know what their passions are? That's um, a bit of a challenge. It is a challenge.
1: I always say it this way. I am a new mirror in your bathroom. So, you know, those moments that you go in your bathroom, you're alone in the house and you're like, what the hell am I doing or where am I? You know, that's a very good question to start with, but... We're all, me included, we are all kind of soft with ourselves. Meaning, it is hard to stay in the bathroom, continue to look in in, in the mirror a few seconds after you ask that question and really look at yourself like, come on, tell me. Well, then I'm saying, then I am that type of mirror that the moment I see you, start to try to move away out of the bathroom that I say, no, 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 no. We don't leave before you answer me. And that is the thing because we, nobody likes pain, but when you have a little, little wound, the pain is smaller than if you have a big wound. So in front of the mirror, ask yourself those questions. And don't stop with just asking the questions. No, go find an answer. And that's what I try to do. I try to just get you on the edge of the comfort zone, maybe just a little over it, depending on how I feel I can work with you so that you find answers for yourself because we are all born with a certain talent or more talents and we are all born with creativity. It is part of our survival package. We all have it, but it's not always instantly visible. You know, there's a lot of people that never find their their, their real uh, talents. For sure not when those talents are kind of abstract, you know, caring about people. Some people care more about people than others. Some people care better about people than others. That's a talent to me, but it's not directly visible. If you can play tennis, that's more direct visible, or you can dance, you have that certain elegance to dance. That's easier visible than, than the caring uh, example. Do you understand? So it, it, it needs exercise to get there yeah that's and that's hard that's also what i said in the speech learning about yourself is not easy but living with with uncertainty because you don't know that is about a hundred times more difficult
0: yeah i like the the mirror technique that you say because i think a lot of people don't like looking at themselves yeah. in the mirror. Yeah, and it's um, we.
1: The thing is, too, for sure, in the Western world, we always look for the faults, and we're educated that way. You know, when when you have a, mm. a, a seven on ten score, people will talk about the three mistakes or the three points you lost. They don't talk talk about the seven you got. Do you understand? So we're always looking at yes. what's not right, at faults. So when we look at the mirror, you don't look at the mirror how beautiful you are, but you know you look at the in the mirror as if everything is okay, if there is no uh, no wrinkles, no no that type of stuff. Where, you know a wrinkle or whatever? I mean, are you a happy person? Are you a healthy person? Isn't that more important?
0: Totally. A lot of people don't see that, do they? Yeah. yeah,
1: Well, that's that's why I use the mirror where I said, like, okay. And then as soon as you really understand that and you start to be not afraid about yourself anymore, then you can do that exercise alone. You know, then I, well, and then... We don't need to see each other that often. Then I said to people, just just do the mirror exercise and stay in your bathroom. Make sure you feel safe, that nobody else is hearing you. Plus, ask the questions out loud. And that's scientifically proven because when you think about something to, to make other connections in your brain, just thinking about it the connections are differently than you think about it, you say it, then you hear it and it comes back in your brain. It, it has a, a different way of going and it, it goes way deeper. The same with, with when you have ideas, mm-hmm. write them down and then the day after, read them out loud. It resonates completely different with you than if you want no, I just had that idea and... Okay, and where is the idea? Well, it's in my head. Yeah, well, it's already great that you have an idea, but it has so much more flesh on the bone when you really start to write something down, and you don't need to be a poet. Just write some things down and then read it out loud and see what it does.
0: Nice. So what have you learned about yourself this year?
1: That the love to inspire people uh, gives me even more energy than i ever thought of and it may, it smoothens my own life where when i was in, in in the last 4 years of my cycling career if i can say it that way to me were a holocaust i i could not live with the 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 lack of respect and honesty, uh, I, I I didn't even know that there was so much hypocrisy in the world as I have witnessed. Uh, and it took me, yeah, it took me a few years to really swallow that, uh, and now and and not to be angry about it anymore. You know, it's, it's, I think I could give it a place. And I then said, like, well, you know, I, I want to stay as far away from that as possible. And how can I do that? And that's by giving, uh, giving my experiences, learning more and, and giving. And what I learned, and that's partly from Jamie Anderson. He told me, he said, like, when you really start giving, people will start to believe in you and, and then you get paid at some points, which is true. I mean, uh, so I, I, I wasn't worried about getting paid first. Obviously, you know, it's with money that you buy bread, but I wanted to be sure that I, I could give, I could give my experiences and the explanations that I think are worth explaining for what I lived and yeah, so far so good. And then I think about a year and a half ago, I made for myself uh, some, some goals. And one was, I wanted within two years to do a TED talk in that same way, inspiring other people Well, I got there after I think 14 months. So that proves that there's still quite a winner in me, but now I try to win, but by doing the things that are the the closest to myself, giving my experiences and my learnings and not worry about Mm. too much else, you know, and I hope it doesn't sound like a priest because I don't at all feel me like a priest, but with giving, I mean go find your values and your talents over and over again. Go find them. And if you're tired, go find them again. And if you're even more tired, go find them again. And then you'll find them. And that is such a resource of energy because I always, when I start talking with people that I coach that way, I said, imagine that all your energy for the day is in a, in a, one of those glasses, coffee jars, you know, where you can see through, and it can be full or half full or empty. I said, "Well, a full of those jars is 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 uh, is your energy, and the more energy you you spend for things that don't matter or you don't like, the less energy you have for what you're good in. So the trick is." Go find what you're good in and then try to minimize all the energy you need for stuff that is not necessary in life. And then people were like, oh, this guy is full of energy. No, no, no. In a way, most probably, you're just using your energy better (laughs) than the other people. You know, it's just complaining. Well, the more you complain, that is all energy that... Doesn't go anywhere, but it takes away the energy to be structured in your life. That doesn't mean you cannot you can that you can't have an opinion about something that you think is not right, but complaining is not the way to do that. There is other things you can do. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, it does. I'm I'm thinking that you've done a lot of self reflection on yourself. And a lot of inner work, and a couple of times you've mentioned energy, energy from an audience, mm-hmm. energy from people, and I wondered if um, you're, you you were quite spiritual I, in a way. I
1: think I am, but not the traditional spiritual way. I, I read I read stuff about that, but I think I'm more, uh, yeah, I like a positive. Realist where whatever whatever happens, I always ask myself what could I have done better?
0: So you must have seen many changes in the cycling industry. I wondered what's the difference between a young person let's say back in the nineteen nineties to a young person now? What are the key differences uh, that you've noticed?
1: Perseverance and responsibility. You know, uh in order to become a master in something, so to, 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 to gain mastery, you need perseverance. You know, when, when, when um, you don't have perseverance, you will never reach the top in anything. Today, we live in, in, a, in a world of opportunities and, and uh, easy entrances where too fast young people are oh this is not working let's try this this is not working let's try this i i even dare to say i would even think that in relationships it's like that i am not saying that the way it was in the past where it's always almost was a shame that there would be a divorce that that was the right thing no but when I I speak now with people that are 40 years old and it's their third or fourth relationship, I'm like, wow, in my world, this is quite strange and not so much that you're changing, but how much did you really try to continue going? And now we have, what, 20 ways of communicating? Just think about, when we started, uh, just before we were talking, I asked you, "Are we gonna be on WhatsApp, Skype, Zoom?" You, what, what, you know did. what I mean? <laughs> because the, and think about this: when I when I dated my girlfriend, who is still my wife, we know each other forty five years. I mean, we had in the beginning. I had I did not even have a house phone. So we couldn't call each other. Plus, I didn't want her to call my house because I didn't want my parents to know that I was dating my girlfriend. Not that she was bad, but hey, that was my world, you know? So I, everybody of my age at that time, we, we had a certain independency. And you can say, but yeah, the world is more dangerous. Do you really think there were no bad guys out there when, when we were young guys? You know, it's but I never missed a date. I was on time, on the right spot. In the last years, I was uh, running my cycling team. I mean, and you you had to travel. Man, you wouldn't believe how many times. Like, well, yeah, I I uh, I tweeted you, but yeah, I am not on Twitter. Why not? Why do I need to be on Twitter? Just give me a call because if you give me a call, then. All the information for both sides will be known and started right away. Do you understand? So we, we we learn things and now we have so much that we already need to start asking each other, okay, how are we gonna communicate? You know, and 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 and, and that's distracting yeah. for, for a lot of young guys. The same thing with the the availability to learn to get more knowledge is so overwhelming and endless that you can swamp yourself with gathering knowledge. But again, it is not about the knowledge per se, it is much more about what you do with the knowledge. So how much time do you spend on doing? And then it's like, yeah, but I I need to, read that book and that book, that's fine. I read a lot of books too, but I get up at 4.30 in the morning. I I see two YouTube TED Talks every day, but it's not part of my normal day. I get up early for that. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and then I try to, I, I take some notes and I try to use it in the way I talk. I, I steal with my eyes. So it's not only reading, I'm stealing and how much are, are guys doing that and how much are they learned to do that because I do not want to expect that everybody just has that right away but it's 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 not learned it's not said it's not taught
0: so you get yes. up and watch two TED Talks a day
1: and to be and to be honest wow.
0: okay. uh,
1: regulars are. Sir Ken Robinson, Seth Golden, um, yes. uh, yeah. yeah, those two for sure. Uh, uh, Nido Cubain, that's a wonderful speaker. You know, the way this guy speaks, he, he just staring in, in, into the theater, he, he connects with people. You know, they have something to say, and they say it in a very authentic way. And uh, since I want to become a better speaker, yeah, those are the people you look and you. you so several of the, a uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, it does not not always need to be necessarily a a, a speech, but just their thoughts, the way they think. Uh, Thomas Friedman, you know, uh, those are people that yeah, I I can, I can see those, those videos easily once a month. And I always discover new things, whether it is a certain thought or it is the way they express themselves. Um, yeah, that's, that's, and, and that's what I mean. You can only do that when you are, when you reach a certain level of being passionate about it, where you're like, okay, I think it can help me to have a, an enriched way to reach out to other people. So the more I get those influences kind of ingrained in myself, yeah, the, the better I make myself to be of any value for other people. And obviously for myself.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip yeah. there to watch two TED Talks a day. I like that. Um, so what is your definition of empowerment?
1: Uh, Finding the power in the person, helping to find the power in the person, and then stimulate that person to use that power. So it's, it's, I, yeah. that's the thing I do every day. What are your values and your talents? A lot of people don't know. As soon as you know, and I have those easy questions and they work, meaning, what is there in your life that you do? this month, that when you're done, you might be physically tired, but you feel enlightened, you have certain ideas, you are more friendly to, to, to the people around you. Uh, a second question is, what makes your time fly? The things you like doing, you, you, you see your watch, and then sometime later, you, you see the watch again, it's like, wow, did I spend two hours on this? Where did that time go? That's a very good sign that you were really sucked into them. And you're never sucked in things that you hate. Never, <laughs> you start running away from them as soon as you can. And then a third, for me, very good indicator is <laughs> when people come to you and they would say, Kim, how are you doing this? Where you are surprised by the question because for you, it was something that easy that simple that you're not even questioning it it came so natural but since other people are asking that question it means that for those people it is not simple it is not automatic so for those people it was like did you see that kim did this and this and this and man it 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 worked fine so in their standards you were doing something very good, and you're not even aware of it yourself, because for you, it's like, well, I just, most of the times, your first answer will be, I, I just did it, you know, but think about that. It means that it is a talent, and again, in the Western world, it was almost even uh, uh, a bad thing to really talk about the good things of yourself. You know what I mean? Where where you're like, oh, yeah, I just did it. No, no, no. You did it much better, quicker, nicer than somebody else. That's why they're asking you. And if you think about that and you, 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 you reverse it, it is a job application. Because those people are asking you, Kim, how did you do that? In a way it means because you can do it much better than we can. So Maybe we should hire you, you know? And those are simple questions, all kinds of theories, and you can go online and find out stuff, and I'm not saying that this is not working, but if you start just start asking yourself those three questions about what you do in your week today, go back over every part, then you will see some things that are like, well, I don't know, and there will be things that, yeah, I don't know, uh, like you yeah. have.
0: And are there any words or phrases that you say to yourself?
1: The one that was for years the baseline of my emails is luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. That's from, that's from Seneca. That's already mm, uh, 2000 yes. years old. And then Churchill, if you're going through hell, keep going. And for him, also, is we make a yeah. living uh, by what we get but we make a life by what we give. And then I made some Very myself. Very nice. Thank <laughs> you
0: for those.
1: So the first one is, it's not because you didn't win today that your day is lost. And then uh, I have one that I said that one too. What did you learn about your uh, yourself today that you didn't know yesterday? And then... Uh, uh, Think smart, talk brave, walk safe, and for all, keep walking.
0: Thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's <laughs> okay, brightened up well, my Monday morning, thank you that's for, for sure.
1: inviting me and giving me the chance to, to do this. I, I liked it a lot.
0: One last question, actually, and this comes from a friend who's just launched her own coffee brand called Oscar Hoos. She wanted to know why cyclists drink a lot of coffee.
1: They drink a lot of coffee just because you, when you get into deep sleep, some guys have a hard time to to really wake up and then having some strong coffee in the morning gets you really good to go. And to be honest with you, for me, I have lived years almost on coffee. (laughs) <laughs> you know, when you when you do what I did uh, as a manager of a, a team with, with international racing scheme and, and guys from anywhere, you know, I, I, to just give you an example, when you have an Australian in your team and an American, then you live in a world that there is always somebody up and running somewhere in the world. Like I said, you live out of a suitcase as a rider. So you go in this hotel, that hotel, you're in Belgium, you're in Italy, you're in England. And I always said to the guys, when we go on a stage race, we in our truck and in our bus, we have coffee makers with the same coffee. And just think about this. Maybe well, and you guys in England are tea drinkers, so maybe that might change a little bit. But anyways, think about the rainy day and you come home from school soaking wet and mom made a fresh pot of tea or coffee. That smell, you know, you remember that for your life, but that's a smell of homecoming. And when you're a cyclist and it was a brutal day and you come in your hotel and then you make the coffee with the coffee you drink daily, that's a sense of homecoming. Like the little kid that goes to sleep with his favorite doll and, well you know we can laugh about it but just think about (laughs) it you were butchered eight days that day in the freezing cold you know there's a lot of times you end up in a group you don't even speak the language of any of those you know you're in a country you don't know you don't even want to be there in a way but you have to because that's where the race is so just think how miserable this all is And then you can go home or at least to your hotel, which is still not home with different cultures, different habits, different whatever, but you can come in your room and then you make your coffee from your home.
0: And just to add, you can find out more about Bernard Moorman on his LinkedIn page and particularly look out for his vlogs, which are really inspiring. And also check out his TEDx, a talk, his hero of the game talk, which is how I found out about him. And if you're interested in finding out more about me, you can check out my website, which is mindfulthinkingatplay.com. Until next time.